It's Wednesday, August 17th. I'm Pam Jones. COVID-19 cases continue to stack up in Maryland. As the new school year approaches, Baltimore City Public Schools have a new COVID policy for those students planning to play sports. When Baltimore County students make their way back to class, the county's head nurse says many pandemic protocols will no longer be in place. The Baltimore City Council has approved a bill aimed at stopping street and stunt racing and a newly formed coalition takes up the homelessness issue in Baltimore by setting up camp. It's the Daily Dose from WIPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. 200 Baltimore families will receive $1,000 a month as part of a guaranteed income initiative. The recipients announced today are part of a pilot program launched by Mayor Scott in the spring that is aimed at reducing poverty in the city. The mayor's office says the majority of the participants in the program are employed, while others are unemployed and receiving other forms of government assistance. The office says families selected to participate in the program will be monitored by survey and interview by city officials. The daily number of new cases of COVID-19 in Maryland continues to exceed 1,000, and the state's double-digit positivity rate is almost becoming the norm. The latest numbers show 1,240 new cases of the virus and the seven-day average positivity rate at 11.27 percent. Hospitalizations fell slightly to now 589, and there were nine more deaths in the last 24 hours due to complications from the coronavirus. The Baltimore City Public School System has announced a new COVID-19 policy for students who want to play sports this school year. WIPR's education reporter, Shekana Collier, reports. Under the new test-to-play protocol, unvaccinated high school students can join a sports team. Last year, all athletes were required to be vaccinated, but now... As long as they test negative, students are allowed to train and compete. Cleo Hirsch, executive director for COVID response at city schools, said the revised policy allows for more students to participate in athletics and be engaged in the school community. We really want to promote that engagement wherever possible. Because of that mission, we wanted to remove the barrier of vaccination while ensuring that we continue to prioritize health and safety for our students. Another goal of this policy is to prevent team seasons from being disrupted after COVID-19 exposure. I'm Jekina Collier, WIPR News. A bill aiming to put a stop to the city's street racing and stunt driving scene was approved by the Baltimore City Council Monday night. More from WIPR's Bethany Raja. The ordinance would fine violators up to $1,000, and they could also face up to 12 months imprisonment. But it isn't just the drivers who could face charges. Anyone participating could also face charges. City Council Bill 22-0247, obstructing street, racing, or stunt driving. President Mosby, Councilmember Cohen, McRae, Conway, Schleifer, Middleton, Torrance, Burnett, Bullock, Costello, Stokes, Glover, Ramos. This bill is approved. The bill, introduced for the first time on June 13th, states that no person, including a non-driver participant, may in any manner obstruct any street, lane, sidewalk, footway, or alley in the city or any of their gutters for the purpose of stunt driving or racing a motor vehicle. The bill has been sent to Mayor Brandon Scott. Bethany Raja, WYPR News. 
A recount is planned in the Democratic Party primary for Montgomery County Executive. This after the Maryland Board of Elections certified that incumbent executive Mark Elrich narrowly defeated challenger David Blair, who filed a recount petition over the weekend. Election officials say the recount is expected to begin on Friday. It's not clear how long it will take. The newly formed Black Community Development Coalition, a group of homeless activists, set up 16 bright red tents at the Baltimore War Memorial outside City Hall Wednesday, with more being expected to pop up throughout the evening. The coalition aims to bring awareness of the plight of the city's homeless community to city lawmakers and Mayor Brandon Scott. WIPR's Bethany Raja with that story. Minister Christina Flowers, who is part of the newly formed Black Community Development Coalition and director of Real Care Providers, said they were there today to hold lawmakers and city agencies accountable to the homeless community. If we want to see something change as advocates and activists, we can't be limited of how far we would go when it comes to making their situation a priority. And homelessness is a priority. The homeless community, she said, needs to position themselves to access the millions of dollars of services the city is getting to assist them. Whether it's the $640 million, whether it's the $3.4 million, whether it's the $90 million, we're talking a lot of millions. What Flowers is referring to are funds set aside for homelessness and housing services from the American Rescue Plan Act. On February 22nd, Mayor Brandon Scott announced that the Mayor's Office of Homeless Services would receive $75 million from ARPA funding and $15.4 million from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development in home ARPA funds to help those experiencing housing instability. Then on March 11th, the city announced another $100 million ARPA commitment towards housing equity. But because these funds are from the federal government, they must go through a rigorous process before being dispersed to ensure expenditures comply with federal reporting standards, and they must be approved by the city's Board of Estimates before they can be dispersed. The Mayor's Office of Homeless Services declined an interview for this story, but in an emailed statement, Scott said the first project, Housing Navigation and Landlord Recruitment Support, was approved recently by the Board of Estimates. He said this project will increase access to safe and affordable housing and reduce the length of time somebody experiences homelessness. Flowers said the coalition's goal is to change the infrastructure in the city for the homeless, unsheltered, and chronically homeless individuals because they are the ones in need. If you don't have ID, you can't get housing. If you don't have a birth certificate, if you got something on your background record, you can't get housing. And these are barriers that need to be moved because housing is a right. For the past seven years, Baltimore resident Michael Luckart has been homeless and said the city isn't doing enough to curb homelessness. We have you know, all these taxpayers' dollars and all these things you know, going to waste. We're building more than growing. In the email statement, Scott said as of August 12th, the city has reached approximately 69% of their goal for the House America commitment to rehouse 1,000 households this calendar year and have housed 688 households so far within their target population of singles, families, youth, and veterans. 
Bethany Raja, WYPR News. The head nurse for the Baltimore County Public Schools says students and staff can expect a more typical year when classes resume August 29th. Gone will be many of the COVID-19 protocols. WYPR's John Lee reports. A big change this year, according to Deborah Somerville, the director of the county school's Office of Health Services, is there will be no quarantining of people who have been exposed to someone infected with COVID. No one needs to quarantine immediately after exposure as long as they don't have symptoms. While you can still go to school if you've been exposed, Somerville says it's recommended you wear a mask for 10 days after the last close contact. With COVID, you're contagious before your symptoms develop. And so wearing a mask just is a respectful way to not pass it on to other people in case you are going to become a case. The school system is following more relaxed COVID guidelines that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released last week. Dr. Lena Wynn, a professor of health policy and management at George Washington University, says the CDC is recognizing we are at a very different point in the pandemic now. Appearing Monday on WYPR's Midday, Wynn said unlike when classes began last year, all school-aged children now are eligible to be vaccinated. Also, the percentage of children and adults with immunity is extremely high. The combination of vaccines and prior infection probably means that we have 90 to 95 percent or higher immunity in our population. And so different rules have to be in place this year. Wen says ending quarantine for those exposed to COVID will be a huge relief for parents. And I think that the priority that the CDC has set on minimizing disruption to everyday life, including schooling and missing work too, is really important. According to Deborah Somerville, the county school's head nurse, the CDC dropped social distancing in its latest guidelines. She says while it no longer will be required, it remains a good idea. Distance is still a protective practice when you're talking about being around people. So the more you're in a very crowded shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder setting, the more you're at risk for many types of infections, including COVID. But there's no absolute you have to stay a certain number of feet apart anymore. Wearing masks indoors became optional in Baltimore County schools in February during the previous school year. It will remain an option rather than a requirement when school starts in less than two weeks. Localities can set their own masking requirements. Prince George's County Public Schools announced Friday that masks will be required until further notice. The Baltimore City Public School System has not yet released its COVID protocols for the coming school year. If someone in the Baltimore County Public Schools contracts COVID, Somerville says they'll have to stay home for at least five days and until their fever has been gone for 24 hours and they feel better. But when they return to a school building, they'll be required to wear a mask until they're 10 days out from when they first got the infection, unless they test negative. So you can come back to school on day six without a mask if you did a test on day five and it was negative. And Somerville says we need to change the mindset that we power through mild symptoms of illness. If you're sick, stay home. It's no longer a badge of honor to come to work when you're sick, and we really need people to rethink that. Somerville says all staff are being given COVID home tests to use if they're having symptoms. If students start showing symptoms at school, they'll be given a test kit 
and sent home. John Lee, WIPR News. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Many thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, Shekinah Collier, Bethany Raja, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Kristen Mossbrugger. Our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. If you have a scoop or suggestion for this podcast, my social media hangout is Twitter at That's Pam Jones. So remember to be courageous and stay curious. I'm Pam Jones. Thanks for listening.